another awesome episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here. This week on the Church Mag Podcast, we interview Steve Canton from Church Community Builder, and we go over the basics of church management systems. Now, for churches that don't have a church management system, this is exactly the kind of podcast that you want to listen to. Steve covers the basics. This is kind of a church management system 101 kind of interview where we go over the basics of what a church management system is, what it isn't, and how a church management system can make your church leadership more awesome. Let's take a listen. Let's get started, Steve. Here on the Church Map Podcast, we have Steve Canton from Church Community Builder, which is churchcommunitybuilder.com, an excellent top-notch church management system. Steve, thank you for being on the Church Map Podcast today. You bet, Eric. Good to be with you again. You know, the last time we talked, we we, we focused a lot on Church Community Builder and, and your guys' culture and, and that sort of thing. And we, we touched on some interesting points that I wanted to flesh out and talk about a little bit more. And that is the fen- you know some fundamental questions, kind of Church Management Systems 101. And so let, let, let's, start for, let's start with the first thing. What is a church management system? Wow. Well, well, you know, you could go so many different directions with that. I would say, um, let me let me give you a couple of different angles on that. One is, I'll answer the question from the standpoint of what what most people think it is, and then I'll I'll share the answer about what it should be. How, how's that? Does that help? Yes, yes, that helps a lot because you know, like you said, there's what we think it is and what it actually is. And I know for a fact that there's a lot of churches out there that have heard it, could use it don't have it and need to hear this. Yeah, great. So um, so the way that I think most people view a church management system is, um, in a word, a database. Okay, and so and a database typically uh, means just a place, to, a repository where you store names, email addresses, phone numbers, um, and just you know basic contact information, and then in the church context, uh, usually the other big thing that gets stored in there would be giving uh, information, financial data, because the IRS tells us we've got to provide giving statements, and so typically those two things are what drive most people's view of a church management system. It's where I've got my names and addresses and phone numbers and my giving records, and that's it. Uh, you know, eighty to ninety percent of the churches that we talk to. That's how they use their current database. Right. And, and, and most people think, you know, if, if that's what a church management system is, they think, well, we've got Quicken and we've got an Excel, so we don't need a church management system. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and so from the standpoint of what it should be, um, you know, the, the, what I've always, the, kind of the phrase I've always used to describe that is I, I view a church management system as being a lens that should allow us to see how God is moving in and through our ministry. So what that means is we ought to be able to look through the church management system and be able to tell not only all those things about people information and giving data, but what does it tell us about how people are engaging with our church or not engaging with our church, and what does it tell us about the impact that we're making as a church? So th- those are that's a completely different uh, set of questions, and um, most of the time, that's a vision that's way bigger than most people have for their church management system. Okay, so then we've outlined what, okay, so we know what 
most people think a church management system is. And I, I for one, when I first heard about one for the first first time, that's exactly what I thought it was. And since then, I've learned that it's far more and far more robust of a thing. So that now that you've outlined what it really is and what something like Church Community Builder is, how how does it work? Like like it sounds it sounds very existential, but. How is that applied in day-to-day operations? How does this thing work? Well, the uh, you know basically what you should be doing with a church management system, if it works the way it should, then it, it really is a tool that should be placed in the hands of all the different people, the leaders, the staff, the volunteers that help that church do church, to kind of execute the mission of the church. And so uh, if, you, if you use the, uh, if you get away from the kind of glorified Rolodex approach, and you see the church management system as a tool that helps me do whatever it is that I'm called to do in the context of the church, then what, what's going to happen over time is that I'm going to be able to collect data points along that journey. So whether I'm you know, leading my small group or I'm scheduling volunteers or I'm checking kids into children's ministry, uh, whatever the case may be, as I'm doing that, as I'm using the tool, I'm going to be collecting data points along the way. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to be able to start connecting the dots between those data points. And those dots are going to start telling me things like, okay, tell, the Caton family, they seem to show up for these kinds of events. And they, after these kinds of events, here's what happens after that. And they show up regularly for their small group. They're giving this amount of money. And in fact, there's a trend of giving that's increasing for their family um, when we have conversations about a specific topic or when we preach on a specific topic, we see some things that change in their giving patterns or their serving patterns. And so those dots, as we, co- as we connect the dots, it begins to tell us a story about people's engagement in the church. It also tells us a story potentially about why people are disengaging. So if we're connecting those dots, we can see patterns where someone, either an individual or a family, is beginning to kind of slip through the cracks. They're starting to disengage. And if we're noticing that, if we're paying attention, we can actually intervene and go, okay, we've noticed something about the Caden family. Let's make a call. Let's either call the guy that leads their small group and see if there's anything going on in their family that he is aware of, or let's just call Steve and say, hey, how's it going? And we may hear something. We may hear, we might actually discover a ministry opportunity there that if we missed, they would be completely gone and, and potentially, you know, go into another church or just frustrated with church altogether. So um, all of that rolls up to what I call the stewardship conversation, right? So as, as church leaders, we should see ourselves as stewards of the people that God brings to our church, right? And so if we use our church management system through that lens of, hey, this is going to be a stewardship tool for us, then we can use the, we can use the data to connect the dots to learn more about the people that we've been entrusted to steward. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. And that partially answers the question that some people, I'm sure, are thinking as they hear this, and that is, isn't this system, isn't having a computerized system like this, isn't that 
turning everybody into robots and not working from the heart and not being authentic. What would you say to that to that pushback? Yeah, I would say that um, you know, I, I understand that mindset comes from the you know, it's kind of, it's kind of rooted in the same mindset that um, that says things like, "Hey, um, is it really appropriate?" that my church is collecting this kind of data on me. So that's kind of coming at it from the congregational perspective. Um, and so there's a little bit of fear in that. What's interesting in that is this, and I think this kind of addresses both angles there, is that as a member of the church, as someone who goes to the church, I can tell you this, that those people want to feel that they belong to. They want to feel a sense of community. They want to know that that church and the leaders within that church care about them. And everybody would say that, right? There's very few people that would say, hey, I go to a church and I could care less whether they notice me. I mean, sometimes that's true, but that's the exception. Most people want to feel a sense of belonging. Most people who are, you know, in the context of leadership in the church, whether that's staff or the small group leaders, the volunteers, whatever, those people have a heart to care for people, right? So um, if technology can help us, can do that in a way that scales, that's the that's where the magic happens. So where technology plays a role isn't to automate things and make it you know less personal. It basically the role it plays is is helping scale our relational capability because we all all of us as individuals we only have a certain number of connectors, and when those connectors are full, we're overwhelmed and we just we you know balls are going to drop. That's just the way it works. Things are going to fall through the cracks. Technology can actually amplify or accelerate our ability to care for people and um, and really help us stay more organized in that regard. So, yeah, it, it actually, I think, does a great job of used properly. It can actually amplify our heart and uh, that passion that we have to care for people. It can become a tool that helps us do that better instead of replacing relationship. It actually accentuates relationship. Right. When, when you hear that pushback, it seems like really genuine and a good question to come up against using a church management system but when you flesh it out and really explain the motivation and the heart that the heart reasoning behind it it makes a lot of sense take my grandmother for instance she has over 30 grandkids and great grandkids combined over 30 now does she know everyone's birthday and wedding anniversary no she does not she keeps a calendar so that she can send everybody e-cards to congratulate them on their wedding anniversaries and birthdays. Do do any of us find it insensitive and robotic and disgenuous when we receive birthday or anniversary card from my grandmother? No, we do not. You know, it's awesome that she's able to do that with, with, with all of us, you know? And it's not because, and it's because she's using a system, right, whether it's a, a handwritten calendar, that's a form of technology, right? We all use calendars. Even if it's a paper calendar on the wall, that's technology. Or whether it be in a spreadsheet, I'm not sure how my grandmother does it, honestly. All I know is, is like clockworks, she's wishing me a happy birthday every single year and all my kids. And so it really comes down to heart attitude. Now, just as you've outlined. Now, when you talked about these data points, let's let's get our fingers in a little bit more deeper into into this thing. We, we, we understand we've covered kind of the rationale. Well, we've covered what this what a, what a church management system is, the rationale behind it, and why it's a good thing. Now, let's just step in a little bit fundamentally of how it works. Now, you talked about 
collecting data points. When, and, and, and in collecting data points, let's use Church Community Builder as a reference or, or an example. Clearly, there's lots of, lots of selections of church management uh, systems, but you know yours intimately. What are these data points? Like, I'm a church, I, I get set up with Church Community Builder. What are those data points, the collecting of them? What, what are they? Like, how does that work? What does that look like at my church? Yeah, great question. And with Church Community Builder, um, one of the things that I think makes you know, what we do so distinctive and so unique is that we you know, designed it from the very beginning to be highly distributive. So, you know, typically church management systems are used by a very small number of people, and they're almost always just the staff, you know, and it's just, a, you know, one or two or three people on the staff that, you know, use it and know it and understand it. Church Community Builder came along and said, no, that's not good enough. We've got to get this thing in the hands of as many people as possible because, back to the data point conversation, the more data points we have, the more dots we have to connect. So the only way that's going to work is to get it in the hands of as many people as possible. So so from in our context, what does that look like? Well, there's a, a lot of examples, but I'll, I'll use the one that is probably the most relevant, and that would be small group leaders, right? So from a standpoint of a, a small group, uh, leadership um, role, I, as a small group leader, I would use Church Community Builder to not just uh, track attendance, although that's pretty important. So I can track attendance really easily. Uh, I get a reminder before my group meets, and then I get two reminders after my group meets that says, hey, don't forget, take attendance, let us know who was there. And that's one of those things that can feel a little bit robotic and impersonal, but if you help that small group leader understand the value of seeing attendance and engagement over time, then that that's a no-brainer. So I can take attendance. I can facilitate conversations between my group in between our meetings. So we can talk about the, you know, the, the sermon study that we're doing. We can talk about that in our group, and then we can continue to talk about that throughout the week through the tools that are provided in Church Community Builder. I can meet needs in my group. So let's say one of my families in my group has a baby. We want to take meals to them. I can use Church Community Builder to inform everybody in the group about the needs and the nights that we need to take meals. People can sign up for that. Um, you know, we can have, share, we can share files with each other, whether it be videos or audio clips or just documents that we're using to kind of facilitate conversation. And we have a calendar that we can use to plan our events. And so all of those things in the context of a leader, a small group leader using Church Community Builder to lead my group, give me, and you can see all the data points that could happen just in those examples that I gave you. And so over time, I begin to, as a church, you know, as a small group leader, I get to see some pretty powerful patterns in terms of the people in my group. And then that same data rolls up to the small group's pastor and allows him to look not only at my group, but all the groups across the church and go, okay, you know, these groups seem to be really engaged. These groups, not so much. I wonder what the difference is. Let's dig into that. Let's ask some questions. And so that's just one example. The small group's example is probably the most relevant, but then there's a a number of other things with Church Community Builder that work with the same context. So, you know, volunteers, uh, children's ministry, um, scheduling, you know, all those things. There's so many different things that you can kind of put in the hands of volunteers and lay leaders and give them a tool to facilitate what they're called to do, and that's going to collect data points. Um, So, you know, we could talk about that for a long time, but I think small groups is probably the best uh, and most relevant example. Right. I was going to ask you how Church Community Builder makes leaders leaders more awesome, and I think you've pretty much outlined that right there. I mean, to be able to have that tool to do all the scheduling, to to have 
reports to be able to share information within your small group. Just that module alone seems like a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, it really is. And one of the, one of my favorite, personal favorite, um, you know, tools is uh, outside of small groups is what we call the process queue tools. And those process queues, basically, it, what it is, if you think of processes as just a series of steps that move people from one point to another in the church. So let's let's just say first-time visitors, for instance. So a first-time visitor shows up, they fill out a card, they, they check a box and say they want to know more about the church. Okay, so what happens to that? So in many cases, that process of follow-up happens through just interaction, personal interaction, or, hey, I give the sign-up form to the uh, church administrator and she sends an email out, and then we kind of hope that the follow-up happens. Well, with Church Community Builder, you can actually build the steps into into us into the into your process queue you can build those in along with the action items and then the people who are responsible and so when that form gets uh, given to the church administrator rather than sending an email she just goes into church community builder and enters that person's name checks a box and then that kicks off a series of events that will happen as part of the follow-up process that they've designed in the church and then there's accountability so we can see okay did this person follow up if they followed up what happened what notes were taken in the conversation. What did we learn about that individual? And then you can branch off the different processes from there. And all of that can be managed by volunteers. So I could just be one of the people, for instance, that makes uh, first-time visitor phone calls. I'll get an email to notify me, here's someone new to call. I make the call. I take my notes. I click the box. And then, boom, the next person in line gets notified and the process continues. For me, um, I, I just think that's because we care so much about keeping people from falling through the cracks. That's probably one of the most powerful parts of what we do. Wow. So, you know, you pair something like that with an automated MailChimp system, and then you have this essentially a similar um, autoresponder set up with real-life people through Church Community Builder, and you have, like, the most awesome, dynamic uh, visitor follow-up system on earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the cool thing is, is even the MailChimp functionality is built into Church Community Builder. So, um, and, and that, you know, we could kind of take a tangent on the value of trying to um, consolidate as much of those core functional areas of the church into your church management system versus using these third-party tools. That's an example of one that, you know, we, we talk about all the time is, hey, Church Community Builder provides that functionality and it stays within the context of the database so all the email conversation now doesn't you know go out to this third party tool that you lose track of it stays native to the system that you're using to manage everything else wow so i mean so basically with with a, with a church management system like church community builder it's almost as if the church acquires a, a, another full-time employee or two to 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 keep all this information straight and, and to organize everything. It's like having another person on staff, practically. Dude, that's a great analogy that you, and it's awesome that you said it and not me, but that's that's what we hear. That's actually what we hear from our churches when we were, well, you know, when I was talking to you before about, you know, collecting stories and getting these stories from the churches that we serve. We hear that statement almost almost all the time that, you know what, having Church Community Builder is actually uh, like having one or two full-time employees. And it's either it either has helped them to, you know, accelerate the value of their existing full-time employees. And in some cases, and this is really important with smaller churches, it's, it's kept them from having to make hires when they, you know, really don't have the budget to make hires. Exactly. And we have outlined 
kind of this introductory church management system 101 really well. I'm really pleased with how, with how this this fleshed out. Um, and so I didn't, didn't plan to ask this, Steve. I got to know, like, wh- what does something like this cost? Now that we've talked about it, it's like practically hiring another person. <laughs> what, what does something like this cost for a church? What kind of investment are they are they looking at? Well, it's a whole lot less than a full time employee. I can tell you that. I figured. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> the um, and our pricing um, scales with the size of the church. So makes sense. Yeah, so the smaller the church, the less they're going to pay. And, um, and it works just like my web server does. I mean, I pay based on uh, you know how much web traffic I get. I mean that yeah that makes sense yeah and so for for us it's a because it's scaled it's hard to kind of nail it down but I could tell you just from a you know just from a standpoint of what's the kind of the lowest price point for a church you know a church plant for instance uh, that's just getting started and you know I think we talked about this last time Eric which is you know is it even even relevant for a church plant to invest in a church management system and so we had that conversation and so for those guys that are kind of just thinking man I you know this is something I got to put off until you know we grow a little bit you know those those churches can pay as little as you know 500 bucks a year on their in their first year to get something as powerful as church community builder kind of supporting their ministry and again like kind of adding that additional full-time employee benefit and then you know a large church let's say a church of you know 3,000 in attendance or something like that even even for those guys it's very affordable relative to what they spend on full-time employees because you're looking at something that's probably in the ballpark of on the ongoing basis you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars a year depending on which version they're using and again that's a way less than the cost of a full-time employee. Right, right. And and the thing of it is is that and when you break it down to licenses as well because when you when you purchase apps everyone's familiar that you have to purchase you know, a certain amount of licenses per employee. And the thing about Church Community Builder, it's it's all done through web interface. Everyone has access on mobile phones, desktop, etc. So, I mean, if you have if you have ten small group leaders, there those are ten people that have access to what they need access to on Church Community Builder that can be using it as long as well as secretaries, pastors, associate pastors, and so on. So, it, it's not just it, it's not only adding an employee like like we've said but it's also the licensing you know if you want to think of it in those more archaic software terms users and devices that this this can be can be uh can be used on so although the pricing may seem high to some the 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 return of investment their ROI on this is is huge and i don't think most people really quite fully grasp the the return on the investment of something like church community builder until they actually give it a try well and that's one of the things you're right uh eric that the return on investment conversation is something that many church leaders don't think about and um and so they're only looking at what does this cost me instead of what is what's the value that comes out on the other side but one of the things that i love about our sales team here is that they help churches think through that so they'll they'll find some of the things that um, are where the the ROI uh, kind of uh, data points can be analyzed. And one of the easiest ones is just on givers, right? So what is, if you retain, you know, if you just retain five 
new families this year more than you know than you did before because you've got a church management system. What is that worth in terms? And they're givers. What is that worth? I mean, that's that's easy math to do, and that's the that's an easy one. But there are so many other facets of it besides giving that enter into the equation, and we we love to have those conversations. Yeah, not to mention the time that it's going to be saving lots of people. Yes, exactly. Saving time, doing doing what you love, serving other people better. I mean. Could you ask for anything more? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. Well said. Awesome, Steve. Thank you so much for this Church Management Systems 101 overview uh, featuring Church Community Builder. Uh, if people want to learn more about Church Community Builder, what is it? Churchcommunitybuilder.com? That's right. Churchcommunitybuilder.com. All right. And they got all your contact info, so if they have any questions that they want to ask you guys, it's on your website, right? Absolutely. Of course it is. Awesome. <laughs> it better be, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Eric. Well, thanks again for the time. Always a pleasure to talk about these things with you. Appreciate your heart to uh, equip, serve, and uh, serve church leaders out there. Awesome. Thanks. This episode of the Church Mag Podcast was brought to you by Church Community Builder. Church Community Builder is used by a number of Church Mag authors. And if you're curious about what a church management system can do for your church, we highly recommend Church Community Builder. You can learn more on their website, churchcommunitybuilder.com. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. You win. 